We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Sunday morning in the Delaware Valley. I'm Glenn Macnow with my pal, Ray Didinger. Three hours today, Ray. No betting show interrupting us, which no. is nice. Always happy. Always happy when we get our full allotment of three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume you had a nice brisk walk over this morning from Rittenhouse Square? I did. There you go. Good. We have a lot uh, lot to cover today. Uh, football, hoops, a couple of good guests. Mike Sielski is going to join us from the Philadelphia Inquirer, who I think is uh, one of the most compelling, if not the most compelling, columnist in our town. Zach Berman from The Athletic. Returning from Mobile, Alabama, where he was, uh, where he covered the Senior Bowl, um, and our usual uh, array of nonsense. And uh, always look forward to talking to the people. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All right, want to get some basketball and football uh, into the opening segment, Ray, as well as uh, marketing, where I will always value your opinion. So let's start with the basketball. Okay. Another day, clock. Clicking closer, NBA trade deadline Thursday. Uh, more rumors yesterday, Sixers Minnesota maybe making a deal, but really all eyes on Brooklyn where James Harden is doing his best to blow things up there. Mm-hmm. And this is my pronouncement, uh, Ray, and I'm hoping you're with me. I am now at the point where I would do Simmons for Harden, but I'm, I am I am not interested in sweetening it up. I am definitely not any Maxi. Uh, North Eibel to the deal. Seth Curry, by the way, he's the coach's son-in-law. So I don't think coach wants to trade him, get your daughter mad at you. Um, I read this morning that, uh, who wrote it? Uh, John Hollinger of The Athletic, that a James Harden-Ben Simmons swap would save the Nets close to $40 million in salary cap and uh, luxury tax. And Brooklyn knows that they can lose James Harden this offseason for for nothing. Right. He is not going to sign there. No. So, Ray, if I may, I would like to quote Michael Corleone here, and here you go. My offer is this. Nothing. Not even the fee for the gaming license, which I would appreciate if you would put up personally. That's what I want Daryl Morey to say. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, Simmons. But that's it. That's the deal. Simmons for Harden. No, I enjoy playing Godfather Ray, as you know, at any opportunity I get. Mm-hmm. Simmons for Harden. No other significant pieces. If a couple things go back and forth, that, that is fine. But those couple of things from the Sixers end cannot be substantial because, again, what leverage does, does Brooklyn have here? Not much. It's, it's, it is interesting to me how... Um... This super team that they thought they built a year ago has completely fallen apart in record time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody thought that the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, bringing them together, the big three, I mean, that was a ticket to an NBA championship. And, you know, the, and the, the big picture look that they had up there was, and by the way, if we do that, we will own the Big Apple, not the Knicks. Mm. You know, we, we will become the big team in New York, and the Knicks will be in, in second place. Well, it didn't work out. I mean, last year didn't work out, and this year it's already it's already falling apart. So, you know, sometimes these these super team mergers of talent they work out and they yield championships. We've seen that, but sometimes they can go terribly wrong, and that's what's happened in Brooklyn. Yeah, and it is it is also let's keep our eyes open. What could very well happen here? I I accept James Harden with real reservations. 
This is not the first time he's blown things up. He he did that to get out of Houston just two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. He got fat, hung out at strip clubs. He He's part of the NBA soap opera that I just find really distasteful. Yeah, and he's part of what's wrong with the league, basically. It, indeed he is. He's, he's one of the greatest players in the league, and he's a jackass. Um, people want him here for the quick fix, and I, and I get that. You want to capitalize on this great season that Embiid is having. You don't, you know, you don't want to waste Embiid's prime. But, Ray, you know how it ends, right? Well, you hope it ends with them winning a championship. You do. And and maybe they will, which is why, again, I would do it. But I also believe that there's as good or better a chance, and this could happen certainly even if they win a championship, that eventually James Harden acts the ass here in Philadelphia, presumably not right away, not this season, but it, maybe as soon as next year, because he, he has shown you who he is, and I think he will be that guy again. Yeah, what's well, the T.O. syndrome, you know? Yeah. It's very, it's very T.O. like. I mean, you knew, you knew, I knew, we all knew that when the Eagles made their deal to bring T.O. here, you were changing the uniform, but you weren't changing the guy. I mean, right. you got a, an immensely talented player who filled a, a gaping hole in the Eagles' offense, giving them um, a top-flight receiver, which they desperately needed. But you also knew the other side of it. You knew his whole history, and you knew that, okay, he's going to come in here, and you hope that he's going to be focused and give you a good year or two. But at some point, that dark side of his personality is going to emerge, and this thing's going to end badly. It will always end badly for guys like that. You just hope that... You, before that happens, you've got a championship or two to show for it. Yeah. And Harden is, they're different, you know, they're different in some ways, obviously, but they are basically the same guy in terms of temperament. And you take a guy like that on and you're going to have to deal with that. That's that's the inevitability of it. Okay. So, I mean, do you, do you agree with my basic point? Uh, are, you, you would take him, but Simmons is enough. That's it. And, and again, what... Do you think Jersey's gotten all these great offers for him? Uh, Jersey, I still do that, man. Uh, do you think Brooklyn is getting these great offers for him? Um, I don't know how much. There, there's probably other offers on the table, just because the NBA is a wacky league. You know, people see a guy like Harden. They see a guy who's a scoring machine. And it, sometimes there's the naivete that, oh, he comes here and we'll be able to handle him. You know, he'll... He'll come here, he'll, he'll like our coach, he'll like our city, he'll like our fans, and he'll become happy. Well, no, he won't. I mean, he's just, <laughs> no, he won't. I mean, he'll like the money, and he'll like the opportunity, and short-term turnaround, he might play hard, and maybe even help you win a championship. But no, I mean, the idea that he's all of a sudden going to come in and become uh, a great teammate and a, and a stand-up guy, mm, that's not happening, because that's not what he is. I mean, if... You know, I read you the trade that was reported in the New York Daily News yesterday, which mm-hmm. was the Sixers parting with um, Ben Simmons, um, Danny Green, and Tobias Harris for James Harden and Joe Harris and yeah. like two other like guys. Yeah, uh, I, I like mean, Joe I, would, I would, I, mean, cer- I would certainly, I would certainly do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yes, because uh, Tobias Harris has been a huge disappointment. So. Yes, I, I, if I'm getting in James Harden, I don't really need Tobias Harris, so I would do that. But, but that's it. And I would say right now, on a scale of one to ten, I give this about a four. I'm just under fifty percent. What about you? Oh, of it happening? Yeah. Uh, I I would probably nudge it up to fifty fifty. Okay. I would probably nudge it up to 50-50. Uh, I still don't think – I mean, some people are talking as if it's absolutely a cinch that it's going to go down, and I don't I don't think that at all. Um, I still think it's just as likely that he's going to be here – that he's going to be, well, here, in the sense that he's on the, he's on the Sixers roster still, uh, right through the end of the season, and whatever trade is made is going to be made in the offseason. Mm, but, you know, I, I, I would like to see this thing done just to get it done and get him out of here, but – I can't say that uh, – to me, it makes sense. I mean, to, to move him for Harden and give yourself a better chance to win uh, and to give Embiid you know, a, that much of a better chance to take this team to a championship, yeah, I would, I would absolutely do it. I would absolutely do it. But I, w- I don't think – sitting here right now, I don't see it as any better than a 50-50 possibility because clock's ticking. I mean, you've got to get this thing done now just in a matter of a couple of days. Yeah, but that's – you know how trade deadlines work, right? 
They, uh, most trades happen within 24 hours of the deadline. So we'll see. Anyway, okay. Um, we didn't talk about this much yesterday, about Brian Flores and his lawsuit against the NFL. A um, couple things here. And this is where I need Ray Didinger, genius, um, interpreter of wisdom. Uh, after taking all of one hour earlier this week to dismiss uh, fired Miami coach Mike Flores' claims as being completely without merit, Roger Goodell, your boy Ray, sent a league-wide memo yesterday essentially saying, hey, racism is bad. Uh, and specifically saying that teams and the league, and here's the quote, must acknowledge, particularly with respect to head coaches, the results have been unacceptable. We will reevaluate and examine all policies, guidelines, and initiatives relating to diversity, equity, and inclusion, including how they relate to gender. A lot of nice words, Ray. Mm -hmm. Big words. Went to college for those words. Mm -hmm. what is, what's that all about? Uh, reversing his field. Reversing his field. Okay. Uh, uh, well... I mean, the the first thing that the league said was Flores, Flores uh, files, his, files his papers, uh, and immediately the NFL's response is, without merit. That's what they said. That was their first reaction. Right. Uh, and there was, predictably and justifiably, an immediate pushback by fair-minded people that said, what are you talking about without merit? And and then everybody began weighing in on it. The newspaper columnists, the TV commentators, the pundits, not just sports people, but news people and people all across the country saying, what are you talking about? There's not without merit. You got 32 teams. You got one African-American head coach. You don't think there's a problem there. And so this mounted and mounted. And then finally, somebody went into Roger's office and said, hey, you know, Raj, we, we, we got to come out with another statement. Here. We're getting killed on this. And so that's when he and the PR office and the lawyers and all sat down and they drafted this, you know, this this other response that's just a lot of just a lot of words, really. Mumbo uh, jumbo is that the official definition? Yeah, basically, you know, which is just what it kind of sounds good and it sounds like there's concern, um, but what does it mean? I mean, this is the same commissioner who uh, just a little while ago came out and and talked about after the George Floyd thing and we had other, yeah, that summer of terrible times here in America and this kind of racial reckoning that we came to, that Roger came out and said, you know, Colin Kaepernick was right. You know, Colin Kaepernick, right. we, you know, we, we really, we did him a disservice. You know, we, we understand, Colin, we're sorry. You know, they basically apologized to him directly. We're sorry. You know, we, we now understand what you were talking about, um, the idea of, racial justice um, in this country, yes, it has to be addressed. And, you know, we, we did you a disservice because what you were saying, you, had, you were totally justified in saying it. Sounded good at the time, but <laughs> what happened? Is Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL? No, sir. Does Colin Kaepernick get into any, tra any training camp, even pick up a ball, get a chance to make a team? Not no. Safe. No, I mean, so it was, it was just words then. And pardon me for sounding cynical, but I think it's just words now. Yeah. Um, there is a second aspect to this, which, and I, I don't want to minimize the first because it's, it's critical to a league. It's critical to any business, but particularly in a league where 70% of your players are African-American, if you have one black coach, you, 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 got, you got a real problem. Uh, but the other aspect of this, to me, could be more legally troubling for the league which is the allegation that Flores made that Stephen Ross uh, had a bounty uh, that he offered Flores to lose games. Now, I, I got—I don't know, Ray. Here's the thing. If Flores doesn't have real evidence of this or made it up, it undermines everything else in his lawsuit. It mm -hmm. just sinks his credibility. And why would his lawyer let him do that? Why would he do that? Why would his lawyer let him do that? On the other hand, I mean, are we really to believe that the owner of the Dolphins is so dumb as to, one, offer a guy a bribe to lose games, and two, leave a smoking gun of some sort, right? I mean, there's got to be text message, emails, recorded calls, something, because Ross faces not just expulsion from the league, I would hope, but potential criminal liability. It is, it is there is the Sports Bribery Act, which... 
you can go to jail if you do this kind of thing. So I, somebody's really stupid here, and I don't know if it's Flores or Ross, but I, I just think Flores sitting down figuring out his strategy with lawyers would not just concoct something like this because it, it destroys everything he's trying to do. Yeah, it does because that'll become that'll become the bigger story, and it probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, no one can argue against his larger point, which is that there's a real problem here with the hiring practices and diversity in NFL hiring practices as as it applies to head coaches. No one can argue against that. I mean, one out of thirty-two is just wrong on its face. It's wrong. Um, he could have taken that case public, and nobody would have argued. Um, but now. Because of the allegations against the owner of the Dolphins, that and they are, they are serious allegations. Huge. That, yeah, that the that the owner came to him and said, "Hey, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars for every game you lose, right. Because we want to get a better draft pick." Right. By the way, this was in twenty nineteen when they were tanking for Tua. Right. Who they got anyway? But yeah, after after Flores won a bunch of games at the end of the year, including that one against the Eagles. But yes, that that was it. Yes. Yeah, and to to make that part of your uh, case against the league, um, and the case that it's it's going to be, it's a very difficult thing to prove. It's a very difficult thing to for, to prove because Stephen Ross came out immediately and said that's nonsense. That never happened. Well, until somebody produces some documentation or some collaborative testimony that says, yeah, that, that absolutely happened, then it's just one man's word against another, which is a very hard thing to prove in a court of law. Yeah, you're standing on your own. Um, now, yesterday, or the day before that, this this is interesting. NFL Network, which is the media operation owned by, among other people, Stephen Ross, right? The owners own it. Reported that an unnamed witness heard Ross offer that bribe. Uh, and, a, and a reporter named Cameron Wolf delivered it on the air. And then they posted an article to NFL.com, and then Ray... By yesterday night, the article was gone. Hmm. The link is dead. The the cached stories at NFL.com do not include this story. Hmm. Well, you know, it's there's always the possibility that someone could have heard something. Or you could have someone, a coach that was on Flores' staff, uh, come forward and say, "Yeah, Brian came in and told us as a staff. Do you believe? You won't believe this, yeah. but the owner just called me in his office and said he wants us to lose. He wants us to lose these games, and he's let willing me, to let give me clarify me a, this yeah. report. This report on NFL Network. By the way, I'd love to get. You think Cameron Wolf's giving interviews right now? I'm guessing not. Probably not. Cameron Wolf's wondering if he's going to be employed in another day. Anyway, this report that he that he filed said." A witness said he heard Ross offer the Flores the deal, so not secondhand. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know where it goes. We do agree. If this proves to be credible, Brian uh, Brian Ross, he's the he's the correspondent. Stephen Ross has to sell the team, has to get out, right? Right, yeah. right. I mean, this is not like we fine the owner. We suspend the owner. I mean, they... The NFL is, you know, the way they let Daniel Snyder get away with nonsense forever. They can't. This is one. You're, you're. This is a Donald Sterling. See you later. Yeah, you would think so. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. It certainly should be. With, I mean, without even. I mean, that's not. That's not even a hard decision to make. I mean, that's not even one that we have to. That the owners all have to get together and really debate it. I mean, you can't possibly. You can't possibly have him still in the fraternity if he's willing to do something like this. Um, yeah, Donald Sterling was forced out by his by his brothers and the uh, the owners, and uh, appropriately. But this, yeah, th- I mean, this cannot possibly stand. But it's going to be very it's going to be very hard to prove. My, mm-hmm. But my only concern is, and this may be, uh, you know, maybe totally uh, unlikely to be true. And uh, but I, I I worry that that's going to become the story that you know is. Is, yeah. is is Flores, the Flores Ross thing is liable to become the bigger story? Trying to prove it or disprove it? Did this really happen? Uh, to the point where the larger issue, which is the hiring practices in the league as it applies to coaches, becomes obscured. I you know. agree, 
And part of that is because the hiring discrimination against black coaches has been going on forever. So this is just kind of the, the latest volley of a story that's not new. The other one is, I mean, when's the last time we had an owner throwing games? It's yeah. A, that is a big story. Yeah. The other one's a larger societal ongoing issue, but this is the explosive story. This is this is the sexier story. Yeah, I think that the way Flores and his attorneys have gone about this uh, is what, the, what they've done is to put this out there. And it's basically they're just going to sit back now and see who else steps forward and stands with him. I think that's part of it. I, you know, it's, are, they, are the other coaches who have obviously felt, and rightly so, aggrieved by the NFL's hiring practice over the years, are they willing to put their careers on the line to stand with him? Um, or are they just going to let him fight this fight alone? Yeah. You know, that, they put, he put this out there for a reason, and it wasn't that he wanted, it, he, wanted to be, he wanted to be the sole guy that was going to fight this fight. No, I'm sure he doesn't want to. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, he did this with the idea that, okay, listen, we've all talked about this among ourselves. We all know what we're up against. We all know how real this is. How many of you guys will stand with me if I make this case? Yeah, let's rally around. Yes. You know, the players have to get louder about it, too. I don't know what that would do. I don't know what impact that would have, but if if I'm a if I'm a player in the NFL again, the league is seventy percent black players, and that that certainly sticks in the craw. Sure, and if there was a lot of that among other coaches and among players of prominence uh, and former players who have real stature, Hall of Famers, uh, if a whole bunch of those guys come all step forward and stand behind Brian Flores. Then this thing takes on real. This thing takes on real substance. Yeah, you know. Yep. Then you know. Then you just can't dismiss it with a press release. All right. And I think that's I... what I think that's what Flores is. You know, I think he put this out there, and then he was sort of going to step back and say, "All right, guys, who's with me on this?" Yeah. And we're st- you know, and frankly, a week later, you're still waiting. Pretty quiet. Uh, one more thing, uh, and this relates to the the uh, Stephen Ross thing. Can we just agree? Can we get a consensus? The tanking is an evil entity in sports. The tanking occurs way too much. We went through a prolonged period of in this town. I know there are people who still swear by it. The Sixers are what they are. Been eliminated in the second round, just as they were before the process. I don't know that I really want to relitigate the process, but I just think that tanking has become far, far too acceptable in sports, and so that... The outrage that I would have over a Stephen Ross thing is probably just gets a shrug from half the population. Yeah, sure, he wanted a better draft pick, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. I, I I think I think tanking is one of the most destructive things that's going on in sports these days. It's obviously, not just the NBA; it's the NFL, and it's gone on in the NHL in the past. Um, the Houston Astros did it, and it worked for them. So I'm not even saying that it doesn't always work, but I just think it's it's I think it's evil and corrosive, and that's my opinion, Ray. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, if if Stephen Ross really wanted to go down that road, um, just hire a really bad coach. And, yeah, that was his problem. And don't yeah. And, Ryan Flores, as Buddy Ryan would say, fired for winning. Yeah, don't just just hire, you know, just bring Rich Coatsite out of retirement and make him your coach. <laughs> And then I can save you the hundred grand. You don't have to bribe him at all. He'll just go out and lo- <laughs> he'll just go out and lose games. Oh, this is bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's if that's really if, if as an owner, that's what you that's what you're going for. That you you want to lose all these games so you get the top draft pick. Then don't hire a coach who wants to win and knows how to win. And then tell him, okay, now but now yeah, I, but I want you to lose. Just go hire a loser, and he'll yeah. lose for you. And you can and you can and all that money you were going to give them you can save and have it yeah. taken you know and put another uh, put another helicopter on your yacht. You know, so many of our listeners don't remember Rich Kotite in that era and what it was about, and I, I don't even know how to describe it. For those who don't recall that that era, because he did win some games. I mean, he he's the guy who broke the the streak where they hadn't won a playoff game in forever. He actually beat the Saints in a playoff game, and he. Left, he has a higher winning percentage than Doug Peterson, his Eagles coach. I know, but but all that said, Ray, just if you could quickly describe what 
what he was like both as a coach and as a personality? Uh, it, it was just it was clearly overmatched as a head coach. Um, I actually think as an offensive coordinator, he wasn't terrible. Um, yeah, well, that happens. The, I mean, the best year that Randall Cunningham had prior to his MVP year in Minnesota, the best year that Randall had uh, in Philadelphia was the year that Richie was the offensive coordinator. Richie actually did did good things coaching the offense. Yeah, and Randall hated him. Yeah, but he got got a lot out of him. I mean that that year was a uh, was a really really good year. Um, Rich knew offense, um, but he was way over his head as a head coach and had um, you know had problems. And, and following Buddy was a tough act too because Buddy had the undying loyalty of all those defensive players, and Rich could never win those guys over. Right. So he True. he walked he walked into a split locker room that was never going to come together. So that was a challenge in and of itself, but. In the role of an offensive coordinator, Rich was, Rich wasn't too bad. But as a head coach, he was the wrong guy in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, no doubt. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll come back. We'll take your phone calls. And Ray, I want to talk about potentially the worst name of a sports franchise that I can ever recall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It happened this week. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Along with Ray Dinger, I'm Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. We'll grab a couple calls here. Vinny in West Philly starts us out. Hey, Vinny, how are you this morning? Good morning, guys. All right, Um, thanks. So one of the things I want to talk about, well, first of all, I just wanted to say I heard you call uh, things hard and a jackass. I just thought that was a little little heavy-handed in regards to him. I know he jockeyed his way out of Houston, but... um, I think when a guy shows you who he is, you believe it. Yeah, but I don't know what he showed us. I mean, like I said, he jockeyed his way out of Houston. He jockeyed his way I, out I of really... Houston by by ballooning up to 350 pounds and spending his nights in strip clubs. He abandoned his team. To me, that's a jackass. I mean, we, 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 we agree to disagree. All but right. I, I just thought that was a little heavy-handed. Okay. That's all. But um, I, now Kyrie, I think, is a jackass, by the way. But okay. moving forward, uh, in terms of the Brian Flores case, one of the things that I, I – I, reasons I think he included the $100,000 offer in the lawsuit is the racial component of that in and of itself. We, I would like to know if, for, if, if losing is incentivized for black coaches specifically because there seems to be a pattern that when, 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 when a team gets bad enough while they, while they have a black head coach and then they get the traffic they want, they ship the black coach out. Uh, see Tony Dungy, Mark Jackson, even Jim Carwell as Hugh recently Jackson, yeah. in, in Detroit. Uh, this seems to be like a pattern, and Hugh Jackson comes out immediately. So I think it's $100,000 and more so. Would you have offered this to me if I was a white coach? I think about Nick Saban, who coached Miami years and years ago. If you were to ask him today, were you ever offered or, or was losing incentivized to you, he'd probably say no because he probably was, wasn't. Maybe. Ever- By the way, Hugh Jackson, it's interesting, kind of came out and said it and then came out the next day and said, like, no, 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 that didn't happen. So I don't know. And Well, he said he didn't accept the money. I well, okay, I thought he said more than that. But I, I hear your point, and maybe that's part of it. We'll, we will find out, and, and thanks for the call. We'll see how that plays out. But I agree with something you said, Ray, which is that's going to become the bigger story because the issue of whether um, the league doesn't hire black coaches has been one that's been going on forever, and maybe, hopefully, this brings it to a head of some sort. Mm-hmm. But the other issue... When's the last time a team threw games? The 1919 White Sox? Uh, that was the players, not the owner. When's the last time an owner threw? You know, wasn't there a story, and Ray, this predates you, for God's sakes. Wow. That the Phillies owner, his name was Cox, 
in the 1940s was tossed out of the league because he was had gambling debts. This is it's like toes, but but bigger. And they thought he was maybe betting on games and stuff. Well, I know that there was in the 40s in the NFL. There were gamblers approached a couple of NFL players, Frank Vilchok, quarterback in Washington, being one of them, um, and to try and dump games. Uh, and the players that were approached, Vilchok was one of them. There were a couple of others. I can't remember the other guys' names. Claimed that they didn't do it. Uh, but they got kicked out of the league for never reporting it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was when Burt Bell, who was then the commissioner, uh, actually brought in some FBI agents uh, and hired them as NFL security to sniff around whenever there were allegations or hints or whispers about anything going on um, about players dealing with shady characters or rumors that yeah. something was going on that wasn't right. Uh, Bell, it came out of after he after he kicked Filchok and the other and the other guys out of the league, uh, and they never came back. Uh, then brought in the FBI guys to actually be the, the the beginning of what is now NFL security, which is a pretty big operation. So I don't know that there's any documentation that it ever actually happened in the NFL. Uh, just that there were attempts to do it, and the players yeah. did said no, and, but still got suspended a, anyway. Right, and that's not an owner. <laughs> That's it's way different from from what this accusation is. I found the, this story. Okay, so the, the Phillies had a um, owner named William Cox in during World War II, and he admitted he placed fifteen to twenty bets of twenty five to fifty dollars on Phillies games. He didn't know the rules prohibited it. Uh, his defense was inconsistent. First, he said an associate from his lumber days was making bets unbeknownst to him, and then he said he was doing. It doesn't say whether he bet on or against his team. But anyway, I, there's never been, as far as I know, let's just say in the last 100 years, an owner who incentivized his team to lose. This will be uh, this will be one of the biggest sports stories of the year, of the of years. Yeah, that's kind of what uh, that's kind of, well, not I don't want to say that that's kind of what I'm afraid of. But again, yeah. I my 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 worry is that this will overshadow Oh yeah. what's the other story, which is the is the hiring in the NFL and it was very strategic on Flores' part to to drop this bombshell when he did, knowing it was on the dead week between the championship games and the Super Bowl, so there was nothing else to command the headlines in the newspapers. Uh, and now you've got everybody converging on Los Angeles to cover the game, and of course Goodell is going to have to have his Friday State of the League press conference, oh, and that's man. and that's all that anyone's going to want to oh, talk yeah. about. So I uh, can't wait to be on next Saturday and parse that thing. Yeah. So Flores, you know, so Flores knew what he was doing when he put this out there. I mean, the, the timing of it is is it's clearly strategized to get the maximum attention, and it's going to dominate the conversation uh, in Los Angeles all this week. I mean, it's going to be in all the right. headlines all of this week. Yep. John and Maniunk is with us. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Uh, you guys are just talking about Rich Cotite, right? Oh, yeah. I think his greatest accomplishment in sports was he, uh, he, uh, he was sparring with it, Muhammad Ali. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, no, he was a boxer in his youth. That's right. Yeah, I've seen pictures. He, he actually was a sparring partner of Muhammad Ali. How about that? He was, well, he was, the, he was the heavyweight boxing champion of the University of Miami. Back in the days when there was collegiate boxing, uh -huh. and Muhammad Ali trained in Miami. That was where Angelo Dundee was living at the time. So uh, yeah, he was. You know, Ali needed a big a big body, uh, and Kotite had a little experience, and so yeah, they actually did spar. Hey, we know we can throw. He's got that, you know. But uh, my one, uh, I want to talk about the Super Bowl real quick. Sure, raise him. Uh, so I think that what's going to come down to is. Uh, we got uh, Donaldson and Cincinnati's weak offensive line. I, I want to know what Ray thinks about can they hold off the Rams' uh, defensive line enough for, uh, for uh, from the get passes off? Yeah, John, I think that's the whole game right there. I think you just yeah. put. I think you just put it in yeah. a in a nutshell. It's going to be can the Bengals' offensive line, which is really bad, um, win the battle uh, against Donald and Miller and Quinn. Uh, and that Rams front seven. Uh, can they hold up enough to give Joe Burrow and those receivers the opportunity to do what they can do? Um, I just I just think it's a big ask. You know, I, I just 
I've never seen, in all the years I've been watching Super Bowls, I've never seen a team with, and I'll come out and say, a bad offensive line win a Super Bowl. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it's never happened. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I look, at, I look at the Rams, and the Rams have really good players in that front seven. And as good as Burrow is, and Lord knows he's certainly shown how tough he is and how resourceful he is and how resilient he is. I mean, he's taken a lot of hits. He got nine sacks, got sacked nine times against Tennessee and still won the game. All, full credit, all credit to him. I mean, that's an amazing feat, but can he do it again in a Super Bowl against a team as good as the Rams? I just don't know. In fact, I'm, I'm frankly kind of surprised that the, that, the, that the line is as close as it is. To me, if you look at it man for man, if you look at it man for man, especially if you look at it across the line of scrimmage, yeah. Cincinnati's offense against the Rams' front seven, I mean, it's a total mismatch. Yeah. Three and a half the line now? Um, is that what it is? It was four That's, the last time I looked. Okay. I, well, last time I looked, it was three and a half, but it, I don't know. I, I haven't looked in a couple of days. Uh, okay. I want to. I said I was going to work this in. I want to work this in. So, Washington changed the name, abandoned the Redskins a couple of years ago. Good decision. Uh, <clears throat> went with a placeholder of Washington football team, which sounded inanely dumb at the beginning, but kind of caught on with people. I think after a while, it was like so, so generic, so brown bag that it almost became attractive, right? Uh, but they did. They wanted to get a, a real name so that they could sell merchandise and have something to hold on to. And, Ray, I'm sure they put together focus groups and had studies and did all kinds of research and so on. And they come up with the Washington Commanders. Your initial thought on that? Stupid. <laughs> well, I, my, my initial reaction is... I think is, you summed it up well. I mean, stupid and really, seriously, this is the best you could do. I mean, that, that, right. that, was, that was what I thought. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible for, first of all, there's no ring to it. It doesn't, it doesn't grab you. It doesn't, I mean, I know they want to go, you know, Washington has always had like the Capitals and the, and the Washington Senators and the Nationals, and they've always kind of used like, you know, that reference of being the capital of the United States. Sure. And so commanders, I guess, is like commanders in chief, but I don't. It doesn't work for me at all. It doesn't envision anything. The logo. Did you see the logo they they came up with? Yeah, it's a W. Right. You, you know what it looks like? It looks like the things that you put that they serve tacos in in a restaurant. <laughs> that's what. That's, I'm telling you. I thought I got hungry. That's me. Um, and here's the other big part of it. And it took people 20 minutes to figure this out. Oh, all sure. right. Right. I know the exactly Cowboys, where you're going. I know exactly what you're right. going to say. The Cowboys are the boys. The Eagles are the birds. The Nationals are the Nats. Every every the Phillies are the Phils, right? The Giants are the G-men. Right. Every team kind of gets a nickname based off of its name, usually a shortening of the longer version. So Ray, it will not take long for people to refer to the Commanders as the Commies. Yes. Right. <laughs> they didn't think of this. This they didn't. This like didn't occur to. There was nobody. See, here's how I picture it. I picture it that they get this this board of marketers to come up with a bunch of names. Right here, how about this, boss? We'll do this. How about? And then and then Daniel Snyder is in the room and he goes, you know. And I picture him actually in in like a naval stupid sailing outfit, like Judge Smales. That's how I picture this. Okay. Right. You remember Judge Smales in the sailor suit? Sure. Okay. Saying, you know what? I like commanders. Who's with me? Yeah, boss, that's great, boss. Yeah, I love that. That's the one, boss. Yeah. And and nobody has the nerve to say, you're going to be the Washington commies. Right. And they are. Yes. Um, For the purposes of headline writers, if nothing else. Because you can't. You know, <laughs> yes. and, and, I, look, I, I look at, and I suppose you do too, given our newspaper backgrounds. I, I still yes. look at everything through the eyes of a newspaper. Yeah, man. you got to shorten this to two columns. Get yeah, it in there. I, right? I got a one-column headline here. Right. I got a one-column headline here. I, I sure as heck can't fit commanders in here. I got to oh. come up with an abbreviation. Right, all those M's, double space, forget yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, okay, commies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fact is, if the team remains w what it is, and as, I think as long as Daniel Snyder owns it, it will, they're going to be bad. And so it'll become totally pejorative. You know, the fans will the fans will get on it. The fans will get on board right away. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. As long it, yes, because it plays off of his own image as a buffoon. Um, it's listen. They went from a a really bad offensive name to a name that just was the the single most boring name you could come up with. Where the team to a name that's just so strikes so poorly. Um, 
It's astounding how bad that franchise is in every direction, and I'm delighted they're in the national in the NFL in the NFC East. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Keep them here for as long as you want. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's you know there's a there's another. Well, I mean everything that's happening with Brian Flores and Stephen Ross and all of that uh, sort of obscures everything else that's going on. Yeah, but I there's a but say. you know but there's yeah. a uh, there's a real scandal going on in Washington too. Oh yeah. Um, that there's this cover up. Really, there's no other way of describing it. Of the, all the investigations that have gone on with all of the misbehavior and uh, and yeah, let's whole, pin it on Gruden, the, the whole work environment, the whole work environment in within the Washington organization that has been thoroughly, we assume, thoroughly investigated by the NFL. But there's an agreement now that okay, everything we've got, we're you know we're not going to release it to the public. What? I mean, how how's that happen? Yeah, uh, well, there are Congress people who are now interested in that, and that's the last thing the NFL wants. I got news. Your Roger Goodell is going to have quite the newser on Friday. Because yeah. this will come up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the secondary story, but it's it's a good one. Uh, just I want to get back to the issue of uh, team names for a moment, because let's be honest. Well, I don't know. You may not agree. I I think Eagles is a great name. I love the history of it. It was the, you know the WPA in, in during the depression, right? Um, and I thought that I think Eagles works in a lot of ways. Um, I like Flyers because it's original and and it conjures up something for me. Seventy Sixers works because it's historical. It's not the catchiest name in sports, but you know it's 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 uniquely Philadelphia. So right. I like it on that. Phillies was always kind of lazy, but. Again, it's whatever, 140 years old, so you're not going to change it. They were the Blue uh, Jays briefly. Yeah, no, nobody liked that, right? Yeah, that no, was back in the 40s, and that was you, – you can actually, depending on what bar you go into in the city, if it's a real old-school bar that decorates with a lot of old-school sports stuff, you will occasionally see, because in, wow. in my grandfather's bar, he had one. Wow. Was was a pennant that oh, you was save that, right? Philadelphia Blue Jays. With the actual go Shibe Sports, right? With the actual with the actual Blue Jay on it, and I I think they refer I think they were the Blue Jays for like two years. That was all. I, I, I there's hardly any. Yeah, well, yeah. Nobody, it, it nobody just remembers during World it. War II, and and I read a story that nobody liked it. The fans wouldn't accept it, so right. it didn't didn't work. Right, and then, so they went back to the Phillies, which is fine. I mean, that's what I grew up with, and it's fine. Yeah, the um, Cleveland changed its name, same reason that Washington did, and went with the Guardians. Which again, it's like. Maybe locally it works in Cleveland. I know it's it's some figures on a bridge there that mean something, but right. Uh, you like Guardians? I don't like Guardians. No, although that was better received. I I, I was I was kind of curious to see what Cleveland's reaction was to it, and it was sort of mixed. It, yeah. Not everybody loved it, but it wasn't it, it it wasn't the immediate guffaw that you got with uh, with the commander. All right, I'm going to go over just real because we got to hit a break in like a minute, so I'm going to just name. Teams that have joined their leagues in recent years, and you give me thumbs up, thumbs down for the name. Ready? Okay. All right, hockey. Seattle Kraken. I like it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I like it just because it's original. Yeah, it's unique, and it conjures an image. I like, well, I tend to like animal nicknames, and it's it's the first of its kind. Las Vegas Knights. Um, yeah, that was okay. It works because it plays off of Vegas as a, what it is, and, and it's, you know, the K-N-I-T's. Well, they're the Golden Knights, though. The they're Golden not, Knights, yeah, excuse that's me. I think they would be better if it was just the Vegas Knights. It's I perfect. Agree. I agree. Golden doesn't add much to it. I agree. Uh, Toronto Raptors. Um, ah. I like it. Okay. New Orleans Pelicans. No, it's dumb. No. <laughs> You're not scared of a Pelican? No. <laughs> Even though I think I mean, of the it, big build, like the cartoon pelicans, you know, they used to wander around with the fish, and it's you know, uh, pelicans can be very aggressive birds, though. Uh, oh, I know that. I know. Because I know my, fishermen who like they attack them for the bait. And stuff. Yeah, when I yeah. when I used to go fishing with my father down in Sarasota, who loved to go out fishing, and he would come back with the haul, and he'd be cleaning the fish on the dock. The pelicans would swoop in to uh, to get the residue, and if you di if you didn't give them stuff fast enough, yeah, I mean they would. Heck, the heck out of your ankles. Yeah. All right. It's got to be just thumbs up, thumbs down. Most you join into it. Right? Both of you thumbs up, thumbs down. Charlotte Bobcats. I like it. It was fine. Okay. Grizzlies. I like that. Yeah. I liked it when it worked out west. I don't know if it works for Memphis. It's one of those ones that they moved. I don't think of Memphis as I, much as Vancouver. I but like okay. when a team name can have a, a can have a shortened nickname. Like they can the just Grizz. be the Grizz and it works. Yeah, the, the commies. <laughs> Diamondbacks. 
Yeah, in the desert, sure. Sure, okay. why not? The Devil Rays, who are now the Rays. Was a no, now is a yes. Um. Yeah, I go. I'm with it. I, I like it too. The Rockies works for them, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Marlins. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> All right, I got four more. Houston Texans, I think, is lazy. No lazier than Phillies. Well, yeah, but Phillies was a thousand years ago. <laughs> Fair. You, you could come up with something better for. They Houston. could have gone back to Oilers. I would like that. The Ravens, Ray. What do you think of the Ravens? Uh. I didn't like it at first. It's kind of grown on me. Okay. The Jaguars, which most people mispronounce as the Jaguars. Right. One of you guys? Yes? No? Uh, I didn't care for it. Uh, I, I, like I think it. it's a fine name. I just don't think it belongs in Jacksonville. Well, they went with the alliterative Jays. And the Carolina Panthers. Kind of like that one. <laughs> yeah, I, why not? Yeah, I do too. I like cats, and I, I'm in like cat nicknames, and I thought Jaguars and Panthers were both fairly original. And I would ask you the worst name in, in sports, and I would put it as a toss-up between the Cleveland Browns, although I understand why they are, and the Vancouver Canucks. I vote the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I, I would say, and I, under, I understand it's because of the team mood, but the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Is, I, I, I still to this day don't believe there truly is jazz in Utah. <laughs> Almost I, definitely I, I need, not. Mormon I need Tabernacle Choir, man, they're firing it up. Well, and, and when it was goes, the New Orleans jazz, I get you. But when yeah. you move to Utah, the jazz should stay in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. And, okay, I mean we got, that goes hand in hand with why are the Lakers, Lakers in Los Angeles? Yes, Minneapolis. Yes. All right, my producer Mo should be screaming at me to go to a break, so I'll just assume I ought to. Two one five. 592-9494. Ray and Glenn on 94WIP. Ray Danger, Glenn Mack now. Hey, Mike Sealski is going to join us at uh, 11 o'clock. A fine, fine columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He's got a tremendous book out on Kobe Bryant, which I have read, which I recommend to everybody. The Roots of Kobe Bryant here in this area. Uh, Eric and Belmar wants to talk about the Washington Red, the football, the, the commies. Hey, Eric. So, 42-year relationship with the team has ended. And I understand... I understood why they changed, or the, why they dropped the name. Yeah, I was I was okay with that. I understood why. Not happy, but being a fan of 42 years on the DC lottery clock with the ball helmets in the '91 championship game, I got it. I understood it. Ten years, some ten years as the Washington football team, you're still the skins in my mind. But with all that was going on with Snyder and the name change, it was like a marriage that had just finally just ended and there was a, a mo- what I played out in my head was this back when Jack Van Cook held the trophy up I was genuinely happy for that man mm-hmm. he, it was one of those old guys you wanted to give a hug to and say great job same thing with Benson and the Saints you know it's a, a guy you felt happy for and I realized that if this team ever had gotten in the win a Super Bowl again <laughs> probably not but I can never be happy for that owner I, I can't stand him and at that moment, that when he changed the name, it was okay. It was like it was like the end of Braveheart, where he got his head chopped off. But right before that, he screamed "Freedom!" That was the moment I just had. It was like I'm over it. So, who do you root for now? I have no rooting interest. And just so that you know, like how important it is to want to, to feel good for somebody. I'm, you know, obviously as a Skins fan, I wasn't an Eagles fan. But when the Eagles won a Super Bowl, you know what? People popped into my head that I was really genuinely happy for. Mm. Ray, Merrill, you. That I was genuinely happy that they won for you guys. Sure. Well, thank and you. I, I could never feel that for this, this ownership. And what goes on down there, and I'm just, I've had enough. And when he changed the name, it was literally a sigh of relief. Because then at that moment, I said, I can, right. I can let that go. You're I free. Can let it go. And, yeah, well, Eric, we can. I, like uh, I, I gotta go, but we should uh, we should have a conversion session and try to get you to become an Eagles fan. I know it would be obviously hard as a rival, but you know, <laughs> it certainly would seem to be something doable. You, you know, know name? I was I, I, I was going to say we had just uh, motion. I were just having a little conversation about the Philadelphia Blue Jays during the break, and Moshe came in and said he wasn't aware that uh, that there was that history. So I, I went. I actually 
ran over to the, the computer here and I Googled it just to get the, the actual facts on it. Mm-hmm. It was 1944-45 mm-hmm. was when they changed their name. Uh, because the Phillies are, were such a, a horrendously bad team for so many years right. um, that they just decided maybe changing the name will change our luck. So they, they asked the fans to submit. Uh, they made it a contest. Had the fans submit names. And uh, a woman named Mrs. Elizabeth Crooks from Philadelphia submitted the name Blue Jays. And that was that was deemed the winner, and among the other names that were yeah, I was rejected, thinking, what, what were the? Because I don't think of a Blue Jay as particularly native to. The, I've seen Blue Jays here, but I don't think of Philadelphia. It's not like Baltimore Oriole. You know? No, no, okay. I don't think there's anything that. You know, there's a lot of Blue Jays here. If you go to Fairmount Park, you'll see them. But I, I don't. I, I never thought of them as identified with Philadelphia. Well, beats, beats pigeons, which I see more at Fairmont Park. But okay, what uh, what were the runners up? Well, the runners up were interestingly enough the Ravens. Yeah, which well, later, Poe lived here. Which l- later, exactly, I think for the same reason, mm-hmm. with the Ravens. The Unicorns, which would have been interesting <laughs> in baseball. That would have been very cool. <laughs> uh, Before, now Unicorns is kind of like a little girl's pet toy and everything, but the Unicorns could have been tough. Yeah. I like that. The uh, the Bell Ringers, nah. which I guess is, a, is it plays yeah. off the Liberty Bell. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and... Another one, which I have to believe you was... You get Quasimodo if you're the bell ringers. And another one was the Daisies. Yeah, probably not. Probably. Uh, they're, well, you know why Daisies? Because uh, in the Negro Leagues, way back in the day, were the Darby Daisies. Right. And the Darby Daisies were a you know popular and successful team. I'm, again, we're talking like 100 years ago. Uh, I've actually seen their logo, so... Ray, this is, I did not expect the show to go this direction today, but uh, always fun. So there and, you go. So for, two, so for two years, they, they were the Blue Jays, and they actually had a Blue Jay on the sleeve of the jerseys. But it yeah. didn't catch on, and, then, nah. and the team didn't get any better. In fact, they got actually worse. So after two years, they dropped it and went back to being the talk Phillies. To, talk to our guys at Shibe Sports. See if they can get us one of those. I wouldn't be surprised if there's one in a drawer there or something. I would think. All right. And just last thing, because we've got to hit a break. I want to get to Mike Sealski. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We will get to you. Um... But when they when Washington was looking at the names, the one I thought was really cool was Red Wolves. I thought that would have worked. Yeah, probably. And would've. it plays off. I think that it's a Tuskegee Airmen reference, also, which would have which would have been nice. All right, we're going to take a break. Phil, Brian, Mike, Lou, stick around. We will get you. Mike Sielski is going to join us coming up. We'll talk a little Sixers basketball with the Philadelphia Inquirer columnist next on ninety four WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.